a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vaktel, and the host of this Guide to Melbourne. A few years ago, Rebecca Harding decided she'd had enough of shaving products made for women by men. And she decided to go down the path of designing her own razor. It was one of those ideas that caused her to wake up in the middle of the night after a dream about what the razor should look like. She then joined with beauty writer and brand expert Ingrid Kesser not long afterwards, and three years later, the pair have launched their business, Louis. Ingrid and Rebecca are with us in the studio today. So apparently this business all started with a stolen razor. Is that yes, correct, Beck? That is correct. I uh, spent years stealing my boyfriend Andy's razor and he eventually just got fed up fed up, and uh, told me just to get off my ass and, <laughs> and go and actually make the razor that I want. <laughs> so, and, and what did he mean by that? Was that because... Were you using his because it was easy or because you felt there was nothing else out there and you talked about this idea of a razor that would actually be for you, for women, and for the different ways that we shave our body hair? Yeah. I mean, it was a bit of both, but um, I stole his razor because I hated buying those fluoro pink plastic razors from Coles and Woolies, which we all have done and have done for years. And then secondly, because... All of the female shaving products on the market just weren't doing it for me. Yeah, they um they were created, like, by those big um, corporations that originally had male shaving at the forefront. So we were always an afterthought, and I don't think too much um, consideration was put into designing those razors uh, about the way in which women shave. Ingrid, tell us a little bit about what we generally have seen in the women's razor market. And then we'll get on to Louis, which is your guys' very successful radical overhaul of, <laughs> of uh, um, women and women identifying shaving products. But Ingrid, you write about beauty. Uh, when you're not doing Louis, that's something that you're involved in the comms and you're a brand expert. So what would a woman's razor product typically be? I think that the razor market has traditionally been dominated by a few key players and they're big kind of global conglomerates that barely have moved the needle. And a lot of us grew up with the same razors that we're using now. So the razors that we started using have actually not evolved at the pace in which culture has changed. Mm. Even the marketing, the design, the way that they're positioned, um, it's all very kind of nostalgic and not necessarily in the best way. Mm. So we And these are plastic, they're, they're pink. They're generally pink, might get a pale shade of blue. Absolutely. They're incredibly gendered, I think, in their visual language, but also the way that they speak to women um, doesn't resonate with current grooming practices or the Mm. way that women think about their bodies and their body hair. So we really want to kind of change those outdated NAF messages. Mm. And what you were saying before, really position shaving as more of a self-care practice because everything else in our routines is so beautiful. It's so aesthetic. It's so pleasant to use. Mm. Why hasn't shaving had the same level of thought and consideration behind it? Women and men hold and use a razor differently. Men are using it for their face, largely. Um, Of course, there are There are men who are using it for different parts of their body and women are often using it not on their face. They're using it on larger 
sections of your body and skin. So it makes sense that there needs to be consideration around that design. Now, I, I don't doubt that. And again, in my research, I found that it's not that Gillette and Venus and all those brands haven't made changes to the razors that they designed for women, but they're men-led brands yeah. and they're not changing it dramatically enough. Yeah. Well, and even just the act of shaving, you know, like they don't consider, yeah, how we're holding it, um, what we're shaving. Not only the place on our body, but also we're using it in the shower where it's yeah. slippery. And, it, and it, again, it's not that men aren't using their razors in the shower, but they're often in the sink, in front of the mirror. Yeah. We're in the shower where it's wet. And you might, I mean, maybe I'm making myself sound like I don't know how to have a shower and just at the same time, but it's a very different circumstance in which you are well, using a razor. that's exactly it. And I think that because shaving has not up until now been part of the beauty or self-care experience, a lot of us have a tendency to actually do this act in a hurry as well mm. um, without the level of sort of care and consideration that it does involve because shaving essentially is a form of physical exfoliation on your skin as well. Um, so you do kind of need to take your time with it. But I think because the tools are so outdated, a lot of us just want to get this thing over and done with. It's not, it doesn't have the same level of experience as applying a, a face mask or doing something like that. No, well, until, and until you both design this razor, which we're going to get to, and which I've said to you before the interview started, I have to really be careful not to gush because I have one and I love it. <laughs> it's kind of changed my shaving life, but we'll, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it, I'm going to keep it toned down. I want to start with neither of you are industrial designers. So how do you start, how do you start designing a razor? Do you draw a <laughs> sketch? Do you go and find someone to do it? Do you start trialing any razor you can find and start writing down the pros and cons? Beck, where did, where did that design process start? It's a kind of a cheesy story, but I actually woke up in the middle of the night because I'd had a dream about what I wanted this razor to look like. And, um, I woke up my boyfriend and he was sort of like, just write it down and go back to sleep, leave me alone. <laughs> so I woke up in, in the morning and I'd sort of written down my idea that I that woke me up at 3am and um, started sort of finding objects around the house and placing them together. And, and then when Ingrid and I found our manufacturer, which was quite a process, they, they were actually in Finland and we worked with a designer in Sweden, but... Um, it was in the middle of COVID, so we were on Zoom calls with them and there's obviously a language barrier and a cultural barrier and I'm there trying to, on Zoom with Ingrid as well, trying to explain that this is a marble and this is a bit of pipe and I want them to join and I want that to be the handle. So it was a bit of a crazy process, but um, we got there in the end and yeah. Yeah, so Ingrid, describe this razor for us, which is, I said it in my introduction kind of like a little bit of a piece of sculpture. That's also due to the weight, of course, of this thing. When you pick it up, it's quite heavy in the most beautiful way, not heavy like it's going to be a problem for you to use, just more of a, oh, gosh, this feels weighty. This feels quality. Yeah, so absolutely. Can you describe it for the audience? Yeah, that was really important to us to have that weighted feel. So I think, Beck, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 56 grams. So we really wanted it to have that luxurious kind of feel in the hand and also having that weight it not only gives it more quali quality inherently, but it also helps guide it across kind of the curves of the, the body. It allows for a bit more control and precision when you're actually shaving. But was, it, was there ever a 
a chance that it was going to be a different color or it was going to be silver or how did you how did you reach this final I think design? that we always wanted the brand to be quite minimal because a lot of well pretty much all the female shaving brands on the market as we discussed before, uh, characterized by either pink, blue, or purple. Mm. You walk into a chemist warehouse and a Coles and it's an assault on the senses when you look <laughs> at that shaving section. And a whole lot of plastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So we actually wanted to kind of lean into the idea of having blank space. And we thought that that was more um, impactful, really. And it spoke more to the modern woman who might not necessarily identify with the colour pink or Mm. the colour purple or the colour blue. So the razor as our hero product really needed to reflect that. So it is white, um, it is sculptural as you mentioned and the form of it is actually inspired by the fluidity and the curves of the female form as well. Beck, can you describe what the end of the razor looks like and how many blades you've got and also I'm keen to know in in the process of testing Was it a situation of let's try it with two blades, let's try it with five? And where did you end up? Yeah, so we wanted five blades. That was, um, we obviously did a lot of tests with other razors on the market and found that five blades just gave us the closest shave possible. They're nickel free and they're encased in a vitamin E cushion, which is what we like to call it, to soothe the skin and, yeah, give you that slip when when shaving. Mm. When you launched the razor, it also came with a shaving cream. Not the shaving cream you think you know. Yeah. Um, that foamy stuff out of a yes. metallic blue can because, let's the, face it, we're probably that stealing. smells like frangipani or something and hideous. that is always a bit rusted. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's just me, but I feel like I've had this conversation with a few other people that it is so reminds you of share house living yeah. in, when you're a uni student and there's always the the blue rusty can <laughs> and you like move it the and there's a there's a rust <laughs> circle rust mark left on the uh now these foams are not good for us in terms of protecting the skin and giving us the closest shave so what was important to you when you developed your shaving cream which is beautiful and very luxurious and now that i've used it i can't imagine doing you know a, just a regular shower shave um again but tell us about the ingredients in that and and what was so important to include? I mean, we both have very sensitive skin. My younger sister, Poppy, she has the world's most sensitive skin. She literally looks at cut grass and breaks out into a rash. (laughs) All of the shaving creams and foams that were on the market were never, never did it for us. And we'd always end up itchy at the end and irritated. So we really wanted to make sure that that shave cream was gentle and calming and soothing and had all of those really beautiful ingredients and wasn't drying as well. So yeah, I think those high foam shave creams, they're what a lot of us associate with a shave cream. However, to get that high foam texture, there's actually a lot of ingredients in that that strip the skin of natural oils. And those shave creams that we're talking about, they also contain a lot of synthetic fragrance and a lot of synthetic dye which, as you can imagine, if you are physically exfoliating your skin and opening up those pores by shaving, it's probably not the best thing to then expose, you know, the skin to that kind of ingredient formulation. So it was really important to us to look to skincare-inspired ingredients. We love to kind of talk about it, Beck and I, as though this idea of skinification of the body. 
So it's the idea of, you know, a lot of us, which is fantastic, we are paying more attention to the skin on our faces, but what about everything from neck down? Mm. It's just as important. And I think in Australia, we don't really have a culture around body care as much as we see in countries like France, for instance. Mm. So the shave cream contains a lot of plant-based oils. We've got a beautiful combination of olive oil, sweet almond oil, oil. macadamia oil, avocado oil, and all of these things are so beautiful and nourishing for Mm. the skin. And they really provide that kind of protective barrier when you are shaving. You've got two new products, which I assume when you went to the same level of detail and exasperation in trying to develop them. So I'd love to hear about what's next up. Yeah, well, I mean, it took us three and a half years to get to market with the razor and the shave cream. And it's taken about two and a half years to get these next two products ready for market. We've got a body moisturizer, which um, is sort of a post-shave treatment, but you can also use it when you're not shaving. And a body polish, which you use as a pre-shave treatment to exfoliate the skin um, and really prep it for for shaving. We are really proud to say that all of our products have been formulated by female chemists here locally. So that was also really important to us to work with young women in another industry that traditionally is male dominated mm. and um, and create products. For we women have that- been so pleasantly surprised by how many young women there are in skin in the skincare industry in terms of actually being at the forefront of creating these formulations. I think that's been really special and, and important for us to develop those relationships over the last few years and work with these young women who are in their early to mid-20s and they have such knowledge about this stuff. It's really incredible. So yes, as Beck mentioned, we did get all of our formulations made in Melbourne, which was really important to us. And all of the bottles that we use are also made from recycled plastic. What's beautiful, I think, about your product, and this is where full transparency, like the gushing might might uh, <laughs> begin, is it, it does feel like a self-care situation in that you are kind of excited to use it. I've never said that before about, <laughs> about shaving, but it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful product in terms of the razor itself. And then you've got the cream. So it does start to feel like you're actually engaging in some sort of beauty routine or skincare routine as opposed to, I better do this within yeah. 30 seconds and then I've got to get out and head to work or go to this event. We've dubbed it like the Louis ritual, you know, to try and change that, yeah, that thought process around the act. I've got a question to end this with because I learned something from one of the interviews with you, Beck, about how to shave. Yes. Which is that most of us shave against the grain, but that's not how you're meant to start. So can you just give us a bit of a tip on on the correct way? Yeah, it's it sounds really strange, but um, we tell people to shave with the hair growth, so shave downwards and then shave against the grain. Um, shaving with the hair growth trims the hair down, so then it's all sort of the same length. And then it means that when you do go against the um, the hair growth, which can be irritating, mm. you get a closer shave, it's even, and you have to go over it less times. So less trauma to the skin, if you will. No, I'm going to be trying it. When I read that, yeah. I was like, oh, I have been doing it wrong <laughs> all these years. You'll get a closer shave. Yeah. It's 
it's pretty amazing. Did that just come because you guys have now tested so much or that was <laughs> that was information given to you by people in the industry who said, no, this is the way to get the closer one? No, that was us shaving our legs a lot. <laughs> a lot. Ingrid, where can we where can we find Louis Body? At the moment, we're just selling on our own e-commerce site. So we're just direct to consumer at the moment. So louisbody.com. Um, we sell all of our products on a one-off basis and we also offer a subscription model as well to ensure that you're never without your Louis products. Well, that's great. So you're not going to find Louis at Chemist Warehouse or in the supermarket. So head to that website, even if you're not in the market for a new razor, just to have a look at the beautiful products that uh, these two have created and poured their heart and soul into for the last few years. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. Listener.